And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created in We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crying in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, God damn it! My life has value! We'll get together, have a few laughs. Welcome to the Iowa Talk Guys podcast. I'm your host, Theo. I'm your host, TP. And I'm Iraq. And today... We got a special for you guys. We are uh, interviewing an author. Well, he's actually he's got a pretty interesting uh, background here, but he's an author, and and, uh, his name is Tim Moon. And I'm going to read a little bit about him here, real quick. That's uh, in his book. It says Tim is a husband of one, a father of four, and a grandfather of two. He is also a longtime middle school and high school teacher who enjoys occasionally sharing his lifelong fascination with the mysterious cryptic monsters. His students get a kick out of the fact that their history teacher believes in some of these beasts. Tim and his wife live in Austin, Texas. He is a longtime educator and administrator with a passion for subjects related to history, philosophy, politics, theology, and cryptozoology. That's a heck of a gaggle of subjects right there. And he also loves basketball. All right. (laughs) So uh, without further ado, Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. How's the weather in Texas? It's cooling off. Um, well, for us, that's cool. Nothing. But it's uh, it's been up into the hundreds lately. And when it's a hundred over a hundred in Austin, it's just killer. It's I like bet. being in the oven. Yeah. <laughs> so, but now now it's down in the nineties. So that's really comfortable. So. Well, but, uh, that wouldn't be very comfortable here in Iowa. Yeah, that sounds like a Texas comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gore. It's a Texas. It's a Texas comfortable. So, but uh, yeah, it's nice though. It's a lot improved. And ten degrees makes a big difference. Cool. All right. Good. Well, so you're an author. You wrote your first book, Tomato Fields, which that was the first couple paragraphs of of uh, Mr. Moon's introduction to right. Tomato Fields. Correct. And uh, so you you've been that's in that. Actually about that's actually about the author. Okay, about uh, the author. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Starts off with the first chapter. Okay, and your this book is a it's a work of fiction, but based off of an actual event that happened to your brother, correct? Yeah, it's actually inspired by an event that happened to my brother. I have toyed with the idea of, of of doing using fiction to try to win people to this mystery and try to make it seem more believable to them by telling good stories and developing interesting characters. And I, um, I was with him one day about 10 years ago and asked him, if, I think a Bigfoot show came on TV or something. And I asked him what, um, if he'd ever seen anything strange. And he starts telling me about this experience he had with a Bigfoot that got pretty close to him. And I just couldn't believe it. I'm thinking, I've known you for all these years, and I, you never told me that. And I guess he didn't tell anybody because he was afraid people would laugh at him. But um, uh, it was pretty, it was real close. It screamed at him. He smelled it. He ran to his house. He grabbed his gun, and, and he thought it was going to chase him and run, come down at him. And, and then he, uh, it turned around and walked back in the woods. So, wow. Um, it was pretty scary. Where was but, this at? Um, was that when you lived up in Washington? Mason, he lives in Washington. Okay. Yeah, I I uh, I don't live up there then. I I lived up there then, but I was in the Seattle area. He lives. It was in Mason County, Washington, just up above the Hood Canal Hook. Okay. And okay. Uh, it's in the it was in the rural area, so there was a lot of forest and 
and everything. Oh, so, there's some uh, rural areas in Washington there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just all you see is trees. You just mile after mile all the way up, up to the mountains. And it's surrounded by green, the Cascades and the the Olympic Mountains. So there, it's just a beautiful place. But there's plenty of room for cryptic creatures. <laughs> right. To, yeah. To, to get around. Yeah. So that's kind of how it happened. I can go in more detail on that if you want. But yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Please. I would love to hear more. Well, he bought some property out in uh, in that area because he was going to subdivide it and build houses because he's a contractor. And okay. so he worked in Seattle. During the weeks, he worked in Seattle, and then he came over there on the weekends and worked to get the property ready to, to build on. And he went out uh, one, uh, one afternoon, and he was working on the lights on his truck. Something was wrong with his truck lights. And he smelled something very strange really bad, like dead, something dead or something rotting. And he thought, what the? And he started looking around, thinking maybe there's something had died or there was a skunk or something. And he looked up the hill to his left, and uh, this thing was standing there. Uh, He said it was standing by a light pole, and the light pole has notches that connect it to bars that come down to the ground to stabilize the pole. And those notches, he's gone up and measured it since, and they're about nine and a half feet tall. So wow. the, thing's head, the thing's head came up to that place, and his shoulders were about four and a half feet wide. And he, he just looked at him, and he just he just couldn't believe. He thought, I mean, he thought he, he was crazy. He'd never heard of any, see anything like that. So Gosh, either that he, or he was going to die. <laughs> yeah, that'd well, be terrifying. Well, he also thought he was going to die. <laughs> yeah. Then it screamed. Then when it, when they had eye contact, when they made eye contact, I think it was just coming down the hill for water, and it wasn't used to seeing him there, and he was only there on the weekends. So mm-hmm. oh, I yeah. think he surprised them. That's what we think. What year was this? About um, nineteen ninety four, I think, somewhere in the early nineteen nineties. Okay. Okay. And uh, he once they made eye contact, he it started screaming at him. Have you ever heard him scream? The recorded. I, I I did I listened to some recordings uh, Theo here for the uh, but you know to prep for the show and it I mean I can only imagine how horrible and terrifying it is in person because that was <laughs> yeah intimidating to yeah. say the least. Well, they they kind of vibrate through you. Uh, he said it just went through him and it's, it scared him to death and it just kept screaming. They go on forever. May twenty fifteen, Northern Illinois. This footage was recorded by a man that was out mushroom hunting. That's a, that's a, a, something that everybody says when they hear that scream. They say yeah, that like it, it, yes, it reverberates through stuff, them. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you there, Tim, but no, yeah. no problem. It does. You're right. Uh, and, he ran for the house as soon as it started screaming and went in and got his gun. He had a, he only had a shotgun, so it wouldn't have helped much. <laughs> just a twenty gauge. Some oh, slugs yeah. might. Yeah, well, he probably just but, had bird shot, I bet. If he's just being out yeah, to take down varmint stuff, right? I don't know what he had. He just has a twenty gauge shotgun. So whatever, but he, he wasn't too confident, but he didn't know what else to do. Right. He thought it'd be coming down coming down the hill after him. And he looked out the window, and it was just still standing up there screaming. But then it stopped screaming, turned around, and walked back into the woods. Wow. And so he just felt lucky that he that he lucked out that it didn't come down after him. So yeah, thank, thank he God. Could have heard. <laughs> he probably could have heard him, but he wouldn't have killed him. Well, and that would have been a scenario that you guys, none of the, nobody would know what happened, right? Him out in the woods by himself, goes out there every well, weekend. If he was, it wasn't deep in the woods. It was just a rural area. He was, he's about 40 yards from a road, a highway. And up the road is about, I would say, 40, 50 yards up. But it was just surrounded by Greenbelt. So he, it was green everywhere. And uh, so there was plenty of wilderness area, but they don't always Sometimes they come around areas where you would they would have cars. They go to find food, so uh, they don't they don't necessarily shy away from people completely. Although they do mostly, I think. 
And he probably just didn't expect Joe to be there. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, so anyway. do you think Bigfoot, then they're like, I guess, a primate type creature? Are they physical? Or are they paranormal? Metaphysical. Metaphysical, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess. Interdimensional. What, yeah. What do you, what, do you, what is your take? Because you've, you've done a lot of research, obviously, for your book and whatnot. And real quick also. So your brother didn't tell you that, obviously, until later after it happened. So this happened in the early 90s. When did he tell you? In 2012, 2013. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Going on so 20, 20 years, years almost. He kept that to himself. Yeah, All right. Yeah. I think he told his girlfriend, but not. he just mostly kept it to himself. So Yeah, I don't blame but him. I, when I found out about it, I thought, geez, Tim, you got to just start trying to write this book because <laughs> I figured that could, that might that should be your inspiration. So I I started I started writing it and I put um I used his house the house is in the book his house is in the book it's his address oh wow and <laughs> I wrote it, wrote the whole story around his house and and then made up most of it uh, actually made up all of it but um, I made it up based on. Uh, uh, patterns that I had observed in reading reports and listening to stories for 30, 40 years. Okay. So I've done a lot of research right. and there's just, there's just too much, too many tendencies that you see when you do these, when you do the research that you can then use uh, to, to use your imagination and come up with scenarios that might not be exactly what has ever happened to anybody, but they're, they're reasonable that they could happen, and that's kind of how I did it. And still leaving it up to the reader's imagination of, yeah, what that's could exactly what I wanted. Yeah, I don't want to tell them what to think. I don't want to tell someone who thinks they're paranormal that they're wrong. Right. I don't want to tell someone who thinks they're flesh and blood animals that they're wrong. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But all I know is there's too much smoke for there not to be fire. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the fire is. All completely, I could just have some ideas on it. If I had to bet on it, I would wonder if there's not some extraterrestrial origin of some kind. And just because they do things that a person should not be or something born on this planet shouldn't be able to do. Right. They just Such according, according to our understanding and, of the universe, of the world. Right. Of us. They have strength that you just shouldn't have uh, and speed. Gorilla is super strong, but they can't run. <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. a little bit on four feet. I mean, they know? get scooting pretty quick. Though. These things do the forty-yard dash through the through the trees. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're tremendously fast. They can jump super high. They can climb really fast. They mm-hmm. are just supremely talented animals. If they are just animals, and I just wonder if someone just said. Some alien just said, "You know what? We've had enough of these things on our planet. Let's go drop them off. On Earth. <laughs> Let's, Let's drop, drop them, them off on these nope. other primates. Yeah. <laughs> let, let Earth, let Earth figure it out. Or, yeah, or maybe they they use them as some kind of DNA research, and they made you know made them. There's just so many theories now on ancient aliens, and or what if more you, yeah." What yeah. if? What if's a great channel? Yeah, I mean, you. What if? What if but, even our governments have been splicing DNA for way longer than oh, they've, they've ever been, told us, and they created something yeah. and it got out? Who knows? You know? Who knows what's going on? I just, I don't discount anything completely anymore unless I have some real good proof. But, yeah, and I'm, I'm definitely so, on, on your page where I'm not going to sit here and I don't know what they are, so I'm not. Who knows who's right or wrong? Sure. You know? All I know is that you run into something or you even think you're close, you're going to be scared and you're not going to be so sure you know everything then. <laughs> and uh, Absolutely. And by the way, I know you guys are talking about Halloween specials. During Halloween, I'm going out with some guys that go out looking in Texas. Oh, no kidding. And no. it's pretty, pretty, pretty serious stuff. Dude, um, that's I awesome. I have to get supplies and stuff and i've never done that so but i want to know the area because i'm writing a sequel in the area that they're doing their research okay so that's uh, awesome i i'm gonna be be out learning what it's like to be afraid <laughs> in the dark <laughs> well you were saying a minute ago that you know where there's there's too much smoke for there not to be a fire and in yep. watching videos and, and reading articles and whatnot for to prep for the show what I found was, with the exception of Antarctica, because that place is just a mystery 
unto itself. Yeah, that's a whole other. That's that's yeah. yeah let's just not even go there. <laughs> right. It's it's We're like cold. Polynesia is the only place that doesn't have lore. The Pacific, yeah. the islands in the Pacific that doesn't have lore of some sort of larger, incredibly strong, incredibly fast primate-looking being. You, you, if you go to the yep. Himala- the Himalayas, you've got the Yeti. Oh yeah, the the name uh, I believe particularly in the Western United States, like of course the the, white, the abominable the, snowman. Yeah, well, that's more Yeti, right? Well, your every language, every culture, every religion, every continent, almost every continent. Perhaps not Antarctica. It's kind of cold there. They're pretty smart. So <laughs> every uh, ethnic group sees these things and describes pretty much the same thing. How are you going to get all those different people from all those different backgrounds to tell you the same thing if it's if it's not something to it? They, right. You can't get people to agree on stuff. Oh, is it that just doesn't work. Great. It was their fantastic imagination, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's or what they, they want us to believe. Yeah, or they all decided that they were going to work together on this massive hoax because yep. they don't have anything else to do. Because they're bored. Right? <laughs> yeah. They're bored. And they're all going to work together and tell the same story. It just doesn't happen. It's right. just not realistic. That's why I was attracted to the research part of it because as a historian, you know from oral, studying oral history that if everybody's saying the same story, you, you they're either – up to something which they really organized well or they're telling you the truth right and why why don't why can't we believe that with regard to this but we can easily with other types of oral reports that people have and every native language has a noun for this this animal sasquatch was what the white apaches in northern california where that's where that came from yeah Yeah. yeti is the the himalayan version well and then all of them do that the, the natives in my book called it stick man. Hmm. But they have a word for it, but they won't say their word because it's bad magic to use their word. Oh, yeah. Sure, yes. So the, the, the white men made up the term stick man. They were out in the woods, the pioneers, so they just borrowed the white man term. Okay, nice. So they don't have to say their term, which is bad medicine. So, the, I mean, there and there's all kinds of different theories about them. From the Indian, the natives, some of them see them as devils. Some of them see them as, as friendly forest animals. Some of them see them as tribes. So there's just all kinds of ideas about what they might be in the native community. But um, regardless, they don't make up names of things that don't exist. Right. Yeah. There's usually a, a reason behind all the stories. Uh, you know, And that's another reason why I truly believe... Uh, that the ancient world does not get nearly as much credit as they deserve. No. Nope. They weren't distracted nope, by right. all of the things that we were. Yeah, they were being we poisoned yeah, mentally poisoned. and physically, yes. but like we were. Yes. I mean, yeah, especially most of these that, Native American tribes, they would send their, to become a man, you had to go through that, that fasting rite and stuff and go mm-hmm. off. And I mean, these people yeah. were pretty connected to nature, in tune with yep, very connected spiritual spiritually and 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 physically i think connected to the earth in ways that we would never be able to feel in the day and age that we live in you know uh they that's definitely true and i think that we used to have powers like tele- telepathic powers and uh sense that we don't sense anymore because we got used to using tools yeah and so i just think we've we've forgotten a lot of what we used to know. Listeners, please excuse the swallow in the background. Yeah, we got a barn swallow yeah, here. We got, we're in a shack in the middle of a cornfield. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can hear the barn swallow behind us, we apologize. Yeah. yeah. Excuse that, Tim. It's please. not Bigfoot. Man, this hat, the last interview we did, we had a cricket that made its way in here, too. And just like, <laughs> the whole audio, I couldn't get it out in the background, just squeaking the whole time. <laughs> anyway. Funny. But yeah, I, I believe that too. And we, we've definitely, I think it's by design that we've been, I guess, spiritually disconnected from the earth in the day and age that we live in because they're, they're setting us up for a great deception, in my personal opinion. Setting us up. <laughs> they're, in the, they're in the deception. So, um, but anyway. No, yeah, yeah. We, you're, you're right. We well are said. in the deception. But... So, yeah, uh, Bigfoot, I actually have an experience, and I've only the only person that I've shared it with has been Theo. So when I, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, 
I was stationed out in North Carolina, and I was a sapper instructor. So we we did a lot of we trained a lot of Marines for pre-deployment training and stuff. And uh, one of those training events that we would do or was that we would have Marines come out and they would do patrolling. And we had like a five it was five square mile training area. There's woods, there's paths and stuff all through this, and and roads, fire breaks. And we would have, send the Marines down these areas, certain areas, and we would have, some of the other instructors would play opposition four, so we would set up ambushes for them, set up IEDs uh-huh. and stuff, and you know try to make it as realistic as we could do the actual thing. And uh-huh. one day I was playing op four, and so I was I was running around, and we were I was going to try to draw these these Marines in that were training into this one area that uh, another instructor and I had put some IEDs in, and the other instructor he was further down the road. I couldn't see him. I couldn't even hear him, you know, and I'm sitting there, I'm waiting and I can see these other Marines coming up and when we were next to a road, I was in the woods. We were next to a road that was next to the base dump. So as far as like the smells go, it just smelled like garbage anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, <laughs> yeah. But it really actually, it took me a while. I, I didn't believe that what I'd seen for many years or so. I, I totally get where your brother was coming from because I never had anything like that, what he did, but I'll, I'll explain. So I'm, I'm sitting there, these Marines are coming up this road. I'm watching them. And then I, all of a sudden, I hear all this crashing and, and a hell of a noise behind me. And I turn around and look. And all I can see is at the time, I, I, I told myself, like, it was just a uh, turkey vulture flying through the woods for some reason at, like, 12 yeah. feet in the air. Because uh-huh. it looked like almost like a wingspan of this turkey vulture because they're all flying around the dump there next to it, right? Yeah, they're so not I, small right. either. No, they're big, right? So, I mean, and this wingspan, this was a good maybe eight, nine feet. And then so I thought... it had I, its arms out? Well, it didn't have it its, arms its arms out. out. I thought it was the wingspan, but I, looking back at it, I think it was just the back shoulder, like the back shoulder part, and then the, uh, the upper uh-huh. neck. And I remember seeing hair. Like the sun hit it right at the same, like a perfect spot as it was going through. It was going away from me. And it was making a bunch of noise. Uh-huh snapping limbs and stuff i had a rifle with blanks loaded in it and i'm like <laughs> i spun around because i'm paying attention to what's going on in front of me there shouldn't be anything else around me right this starts happening behind me i spin around i see that and i'm like what the hell was that and i it just freaked me out so i just ran out to the road and shot a few rounds off towards the marines some blanks and then ran <laughs> ran the other way <laughs> and then you know i got killed by them and stuff or whatever <laughs> but you know, and the other instructors, they asked me when I got back, like, why'd you do that? I'm like, oh, man, I, uh, I, I had to take a dump, you know, so I just wanted to hurry up and get it over with. <laughs> like, I just made up some excuse, but it took me a long time until I started researching. I started listening to podcasts and researching more Bigfoot stuff. That's when I was like, I'm pretty sure that's what that was. Like, I don't know what else it would have been. Because Can I ask a couple questions? Send it. Yeah, please. Um, how long had you been sitting there? when it started crashing oh i was probably sitting there because i was waiting to ambush these guys i knew where they were coming from so i'd probably been laying there in that spot underneath some brush i was like underneath a bush laying down in the prone and i'd probably been there for a good 15 minutes at that point did you hear anything like walking up the hill before that no i didn't hear a thing and like I said, looking back at it, like I'm, I was trying to focus and listen to what the instructors were telling the other Marines because they were coming up to another ID that we had placed. Did so you I was have really, a radio? No, I did not have a did radio. You have a radio? Nope. All I had on me was oh. was my uh, was a rifle with blanks loaded in it. Because it sounds to me like you surprised him. That maybe and he he was kind of sneaking through there. He, took, he may have been getting going through there, and he smelled you. He may have seen you. He may have smelled you. He didn't know your gun had blanks. Oh yeah, I mean, so he probably because I was he, laying in the prone when I, I like I said, I yeah. was laying in the prone underneath this bush. I mean, yeah, he could have come up behind me, seen my legs, and then and it very well he could have been hearing people talking, so he was might have been sneaking through and then yeah, surprised me, and then he took off running in the opposite direction, and which scared the crap out of me. Did you just assume the gender? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. Now, yeah, is there a well, difference? If they're that big, if they're that big, you probably are male. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it's it. Looking back, I'm pretty sure what I saw was the shoulder, the back shoulders, which were like eight to nine feet. Yeah. I mean, and it was up 10, 12 feet in the air. 
And like I said, there was branches right. snapping off and stuff. So that's why I was just like, how heavy are these freaking turkey vultures are snapping limbs <laughs> off and shit? You know, I'm like. Snapping limbs, but did, did you also hear the steps crashing going down? I Yeah, it sounded like that, but I was like, that had to have been. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to make this logical in my head to where I'm like, that had to have been a turkey vulture what I saw. You probably turned quickly into flight mode, too, right? Yeah, I got the hell out of there. Like I said, I was so, like, so, yeah, perception like, yeah, I have a rifle, but I can't do what I'm going to shoot at, scare it. Yeah, that know? was a Marine that was useless with his rifle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would have had to use it as a blunt object when it gotten torn apart. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, like well, I said, for for many years, though, I I, uh, I never talked to anybody about that. Never. I, I always thought about it. And then I started doing some more research, and I'm I'm pretty sure what I I had encountered some type of Bigfoot something. It sounds like it to me. Do they do they don't have they don't have grizzly bear down there, right? No, no, no. nope, not on I the coast so. of North Carolina. They no, might it's have, just Northwest United yeah. States. Yeah, yeah, they might have some black bear up. around that area, but they don't really. I mean, they do a pretty good job of keeping that crap off the base. You know what I mean? Plus, they're they're not twelve feet high. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, they're not twelve feet high, and it was moving fast. That's why I was like, it had to have been a turkey vulture just glide flying through the woods or whatever from coming off that uh-huh. dump because it was moving, it was trucking, and like I said, it scared the crap out of me to where I was like, I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> Damn the training, <laughs> I'm gone. There's a lot of interesting. Some of the more interesting reports I think are from military guys. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of pressure in the military not to say anything. So I just wonder how many reports, how how often they interact, and then you never hear about it. So there's another podcast called Hollow Sky Podcast. I don't know if you've heard of those guys, but they so. they do a Wednesday night live show on YouTube, and uh, they had a guy call in that was a helicopter pilot, and his co-pilot, they uh-huh. spotted something. They were training up in, I believe he said it was in the north, the northwest, around the Washington, Oregon area. And they spotted this thing with with a heat signature goggles. IR. Yeah. Yeah. And then he told his co-pilot, because his co-pilot started kind of freaking out, like, what did this and that we got? And he's like, nope. He goes, I've been a pilot for 20-something years. He's like, I know. He's like, that was the first time I ever saw that, but I've heard stories. And he goes, hey, if you want to keep your rank and keep the job that you're doing, you're best just to shut up. Well, it's interesting you say that because that was what happened for decades with pilots that saw UFOs. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now it's just out in the open. You know, Allegedly, we, now yeah. we need it to distract people from what's actually going yeah. on in the world. We, or, we store their corpses in cardboard boxes in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, there's sure some strange stuff going on. Oh, yeah. I don't know what to do. And, and who knows how much of it is our government, foreign governments, or out of this world, you know, extraterrestrial. I mean, because... Suppo- I say when they... If the extraterrestrials exist and we found their ships and we've reverse engineered them, okay, and we have bodies, uh, they need to do more than just talk about it. I want to see it. What do they you, want me to believe? They better start <laughs> showing me that stuff. What right? did you think of the Mexican alien, the mummies? The, well, the paper mache. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it was or not. Right. I think Mexico as a government has been much more open to this and much more open to their, with their people about it and less likely to hide. Yeah. They're they're really trying to keep them distracted from all the blood and guts in the street from the cartels down there. So they're pumping out a bunch of stuff to keep the (coughs) citizens distracted. The drug cartels are just just terrorists and they should be treated like that. Yeah. They're terrible. Well, the DEA and the ATF have helped them out a lot over the years. Yeah, thanks, Eric Holder. Well, a lot of our government is terrorists. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we talk about that on our show. True <laughs> that. Amen. But uh, anyways, yeah. So Take part in child trafficking. That's terrorism. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. On a horrendous scale. Unequivocally. It's, yeah. So you actually, prior to the recording, you shared a website with us that has a map of Iowa. I'm going to put that in the description of this show because it's really okay. cool of all these sightings and it's stuff. It's kind of a I- cool story. Yeah. It's a cool, just a cool map where there's some activity in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And it's really, it's interesting. I actually, I went to one of the sites today. It's, oh, did you really? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, that's the picture that I showed you, TP. Oh, okay. And it's, to, that was uh, a sighting in 1981. 
but oh yeah, but uh-huh. uh, right now it's it's in the middle of town. But oh okay, that would used to be rural. It would yeah. absolutely, and uh, just really interesting. It's right across the street from a kid that E Rock and I <laughs> hung out with in high school. Oh, <laughs> that's weird. So that that building might have been there at the point, but the the other one was uh, on the old highway we were talking about there earlier, and. Even in Iowa, that's that's very heavily wooded, and I can only imagine. And that was 1989. Yeah, it would. It's yeah. even today. It would still be the perfect place for oh, yeah, something to hide area. out. A perceptive yep. creature that can stay away from people, and and uh, even in Iowa, you know, we're we're only a state of three million people. We're not pop. We don't have a population density like other places, but there's plenty. Oh, there's plenty so much room. land. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially along along the riverbanks and stuff, and that's where there was this that one sighting, where an, an experienced outdoorsman from that grew up in Maine, I guess, or whatever, yeah, yeah, had an encounter with his girlfriend. Yeah, that was the eighty nine, and that's actually yeah. only like, gosh, ten miles away with the way the crow flies from, from where we're here. At. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that Wapsie Valley. I mean, yeah, that's so thick and in swampland and stuff. It'd be so easy for some anything to hide in there. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean. Um, right close to here there's actually a split in the river and there's a massive island that is oh, just yeah. trees yep it's just trees well remember there was that cougar or something mountain lion oh. that came down that was hiding up <laughs> there yeah trying to- they say we don't have the 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 dnr says we don't have mountain lions but those things are it's a big cat dude <laughs> it, like it's nature is to not be seen Right. And and people have seen them. Yeah, all over the place out here. But yeah, they can hide all it's up. In, it's, it's happening here too. Yeah, well, but the DNR officially tells us, you know, that we don't we don't have mountain lions here. Yeah, we should trust them. They're they swamp river government. lions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think some of the 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 state the state national or not the state not national, but some of the the forest agencies in the states are starting to open up more about this. And they're actually telling people, there's there's Bigfoot, you're coming down to the river, just be careful, leave them alone, they won't bother you. I oh, mean, wow. I don't know, I've seen some really uh, interesting uh, articles and posts on that, and I can't always verify that this was actually said and done, but <clears throat> a couple times when I could, it, they said it was true. Hmm. So I think maybe the local people are starting to open up about it. Okay, that's good. But the nationwide, the national ones don't. I mean, I don't. I've think seen they some would... cool stories. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I've seen some cool. You're the guest. Sorry, go you go ahead. You're the guest. Well, I I was just telling you in Iowa, I've seen some kind of interesting encounters in the cornfields. Yeah. Where where they run into them with the track? They don't run into them, but they run come up on them in a tractor and uh then they run through the cornfields i i can't remember the exact details because it's been a while since i heard the story but a couple of really interesting stories of them in cornfields yeah that i don't happens. know how close yeah we're we're surrounded by cornfields out here and, and there's actually stories of that happening over in illinois quite a bit too there's a podcast out of there called uh, cryptids of the corn and they yeah, yes they talk uh, yeah the uh, the Thunderbird, I believe, is the really really popular uh, lore over uh, on over. that side, particularly uh, over the, in Illinois. Yeah, really? you know the. Uh, are, Tim, are you familiar with that? The the Thunderbird. I've heard about it, but I don't know very much. I thought that was uh, more Southwest. No, I I I, uh, I did a, a dive. It was before we were even doing the podcast uh, on not too deep of a, a dive but one of the cryptids that i found very interesting was people talking and it's been for hundreds of years that people have have been talking about this but yeah a hawk or or some sort of a, a rapture giant bird with like a 12 foot wingspan and that's creepy because that could pick you right up and you're yeah you're it could pick up a grown man i could believe it dude isn't I've it seen... weird isn't that just strange that it's people wild. would see that yeah right it's wild crazy so and uh, why would they make it up Right, yeah. What is their incentive? Because nobody's ever gotten famous for making up a cryptid before that, that I know of. Besides that and guy, no that, one believes him anyway. Yeah, <laughs> besides that guy that took that picture of the Loch Ness and then he, on his deathbed he admitted that it was a fake. Oh, did he? Yeah. No, don't you remember in like uh, what was it? Two thousand. I just had the article. Two thousand eight, when that guy had the big foot on ice. No. Was yeah. It? Was and it, yeah, I was I was looking forward to it because he was going to unleash it, you know. And then and it turned out to be fake. That's weird. 
It was in Georgia. Did he have he people paying money? He had it in a freezer. Okay. <laughs> Turns was out. Was that the Minnesota Ice Band? There was one that was called the Minnesota Ice Band. I remember that. In the, I don't remember what In happened. the early 2000s, it seems like there was a bunch of uh, like soft disclosure, but BS soft disclosure. Well, there always is. Like, yeah. for instance, you remember uh, there was that big show, and they found yeah. the tomb of Jesus. Oh, uh, yeah. And and I watched a, I watched some guys tear that apart. They're like, yeah, they, they found a tomb and it had all of these names on the, uh, I can't remember what the boxes were called. The limestone boxes they carved out and they would put the bones in. Okay. And that was actually how they stored the bodies and the tombs and whatnot. And I saw other guys, they were like, yeah, the names they, they found Ye- Yeshua, right? It was, was Jesus in Hebrew. And then they found Mary and uh, Joseph and whatnot. And they're like, yeah, 75% of the people back then had like, 13 names there were 13 names that 75 percent of the people were so i mean that was a little long-winded but just bs you know and it's 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 go ahead they they weren't buried they weren't buried together so why would they right (laughs) well i'll tell you what they made a show about it and they told everybody it didn't stop them Mm, somebody was making money off of it but nothing doubt i doubt nothing (laughs) right i believe that it's funny, you see, every year National Geographic has to do one episode on Jesus. They they don't always tell the truth, but they um they get they get use of the name. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. They get raided. They get a so. bunch of clicks and views too. Yep. It sells. Yep. So from that link that you sent TP, uh, that has the the map and whatnot, uh, I found an interesting. This isn't exactly Bigfoot. But I found an interesting uh, newspaper clipping. It's pictured here on the website uh, from Uh the the Hartford Current, the Hartford Uh Daily Current. And that's Hartford, Connecticut. Uh So that's really interesting because this was the 27th of September, 1869. Now, Uh this is placed in Davenport, Iowa, which we're somewhat close to. And Uh Davenport was founded in the 1830s, but... It was still, it was still wild around here, you know. And here, here's the the, the paragraph from this newspaper clipping. Considerable cool. excitement exists in East Davenport, which was like the original Davenport, and Gilbert Town, uh-huh. in consequence uh-huh. of a wild boy who has been seen by several voracious individuals prowling about the woods at the back of Judge Grant's farm. If this doesn't sound like it's from 1869, I don't know what does. And <laughs> yeah, on the river, everybody knows Judge Grant's yeah, farm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah no. And of course, uh, what is it? Sorry, sorry. And on the river's bank and islands. So by Judge Grant's farm and on the river's bank and islands. Uh, we're right on the Mississippi River, pretty much. About a okay. week ago, a man returning from a shooting excursion saw what he first took for some wild animal crouching by the bank of the river. It suddenly plunged in and emerged with a fish, which it devoured ravenously. Getting closer to it, he saw that it was a boy, apparently about 15 or 16, entirely without clothes and covered with light sandy hair or silky appearance. He plainly saw the face and describes it as revoltingly ugly and brutal in its aspect. He attempted to approach it, but the creature became alarmed and taking to the water, swam to a neighboring island and hid in the sedges, which that's uh, like aquatic, semi-aquatic grass plants. Uh Uh On returning home, he gave information and and a close lookout has been kept. The creature, whatever it may be, has been seen twice. What I find really interesting about that is uh, for people who are not from the area or familiar with the upper Mississippi River, when you get upriver to St. Louis nowadays, we have a system of locks and dams. And what this does is the Mississippi River <coughs> all the way, uh, this is a very unique um, to the Mississippi River, is that from Minnesota to Louisiana, it only goes down like 500 feet in elevation. So in order to get grain, to move grain down there, we have locks and dams, and you have to lock through and go up or down the water level. Mm-hmm. Well, this wasn't sure. even close to complete, or they hadn't even begun to start this. This was decades and decades away. Yeah, in the late 1800s. So yeah. the river was 
like you weren't going in that thing, man. It, <laughs> it, it was oh, I can imagine it, it, how powerful it was back then, dude. Because it's it's the they don't call it the mighty Mississippi for no reason. No, no, no. And they said this area in particular was massive rabbits. Oh, I bet because we're right here on that bend. Yeah, it's got those yeah. two major bends right around this area, and uh, yeah, the the mighty Mississippi. She still claims people today. Oh, absolutely, Tim. Tim, have you heard that story? No, no. I just heard one. Recently, where they said a, a wild, they described a wild man who ran around naked. Some of the stories in Texas are like that, a wild man who runs around naked with hair on him. Hmm. And they think it's some, some guy who got lost in the woods. Um, so I, I tend to doubt that it was a, a human. Um, so And I tend to doubt that boy was a human. It could have been a young Sasquatch. But yeah. it was probably probably something like that that's my thinking and he just saw it and that's the first thing he could come up with in his brain when he was trying to reconcile what he was looking sure, at sure yeah the, the Some ugly type of face wild boy <laughs> and, he's, and he's ugly yeah he must not was he big they never mentioned how tall it was well he said I, it, it was at the age of like a, a 15 four, to 16 year old boy so, so i imagine he wasn't too big probably like five yeah, maybe five but i don't five. know how he i don't know how he determined that what the age was yeah that's a good question what was he looking at that he could determine so there's a lot of unanswered questions there right yeah 1830 uh 1869 um journalism so (laughs) um interesting story and i think if it was just a lost boy in the woods they wanted to find him they could probably find him sure yeah yeah don't know for sure but well even though the river wasn't controlled at that point I mean, yeah, what, what made jumping Mark, and then swimming over to one of those islands? Well, how did Mark Twain get his start piloting riverboats up and up and down? This That's was true. a yeah. massive continental highway. Yeah. So there were people. I mean, it was wilderness, yes, but if they wanted to find a boy, they they could have done it. Yeah, on an island, he swam. All, it's just interesting. I would have thought he would have run for the woods, but that they swim for an island is. You got to be a pretty good swimmer to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's something none of us would even attempt today. <laughs> and the river is yeah. way more controlled than it was back then. Yeah, we're not like those boys yeah. from Alabama where we swam across the river just to prove that we're a man. <laughs> you would have to you would have to swim against the current, wouldn't you? Oh yeah. To go oh yeah. Straight. yeah. Oh yeah. No, oh, you'd wow, end up. I don't know how you. Depending on the the um distance from from the, the side to the island i mean you're you're going to end up down river hundreds hundreds and of did yards we, did we have a date on that too because it depends on well, what time of the year it is too uh se- september the, of ni- eight, 1869 so it about now and i would imagine there were it, there was a lot more water rushing down back then maybe yeah well i mean if it was in the earlier beginning of the year it'd probably be even more water with or the beginning of spring with mm-hmm. all the ice and stuff melting and yeah but you know, storms up north. Really, it's really interesting all the questions you have when you hear stories like that. That's what we're doing, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. You wish you'd be able to talk to somebody, but yeah, you just why didn't anyone else have? What, weren't you doing any? Wasn't there really any reason to ask these questions? And though, well, I think also back in the late 1800s would have been a wild time to be a a young man or a young adult in in America because I mean they were finding that was when they were on digging up. Uh, dinosaur bones everywhere they were digging up giant skeletal mounds uh i mean heck everybody if you had a shovel you were pretty much an archaeologist they were finding stuff everywhere you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and uh not to mention all the cryptozoology stuff going on so like you said you mentioned the thunderbird there's all these sasquatch type animals uh also fairies right i mean the natives have stories about talking animals and shit sure yeah <laughs> the, like, Navajo, Navajo skinwalkers do you yeah. guys do you know that Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone had experiences with Bigfoot I did oh, not wow. yeah Davy Crockett left uh, Kentucky was it Tennessee was it Tennessee or Kentucky I think he was uh, Tennessee he was Tennessee he was a he was a congressman and he wanted to run for president and then he lost his seat in Congress and he got mad because he lost his seat in Congress, so he left the state. And oh, he went yeah. to Texas. Yep. He went to Texas. And when he was going through the the what, what today is called the Davy Crockett National Forest, 
he said that he was camping and a Bigfoot, he saw a big hairy man that came out of the woods and talked to him. And it told him, don't go to Texas. Don't go to the Alamo. Bad things are going to happen. It talked to him? Wow. It talked to him telepathically. And he wrote this story down and sent it to his brother. So we have the actual story. If you look it up, it's online. Wow. And he and, and he didn't listen. And he went to the Alamo, and that's where he died. Yeah. Wow, and, that's wild. And then Daniel, Daniel Boone killed one. He saw it come out of the woods, and he killed it. Wow. Holy and he wrote, about, he wrote about killing it, but they, he didn't cut it up and bring it back for evidence. But he said he saw this big uh, animal. And he shot it and killed it. Wow. And uh, so that's the, those are pretty cool stories. And Franklin Roosevelt, the pre- before he was president, met some met some people in uh, in the West Coast, in the Western areas. I don't know if it's Utah or Montana. When he was a Buffalo soldier? That, that, yeah. Yeah. In that time period. Okay. And he he wrote down their story of, of a trapper who was killed by one. Wow. Just to, just to clarify, just to clarify, I'm sorry, Tim, I think you said Franklin Roosevelt. No, I'm, you were right. It's Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt. I knew who you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked it up and Franklin Roosevelt couldn't walk, so. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a a feat. So anyway, go ahead. I apologize. So the whole idea was that he saw, he was so fascinated and struck by the story he felt he had to write it down and he's the first modern president that has written about it the only one that i know of that is incredible anyway there's a there's a lot of history on this yeah and it's just so amazing how that's the last thing we hear about like we're learning about this for the first time you're telling us about these these mainstays of american history and they weren't given that to us in fifth grade you know no they don't give very much to anybody anymore. It's, <laughs> Listeners, this is coming so from an educator. There's so well, you can teach them the ABCs, but when you there's limits to what you want to teach to a fifth grader anyway. Sure. The problem is, is what they're not teaching in high school and colleges. Critical thinking. And that critical thinking, but also, look, we're living on a planet that's been around a long time, and there's a lot of structures that don't make sense. You bet. And there's probably been civilizations that have been here before us. Gobuki Tepe. Yeah. yeah, that was just her learning about that. And then they found they found um, structures uh, well, well, way down underneath Cuba and other places. They find structures off the coast of Japan that are thousands of years old. They have to be man-made because of how they're. The lines, the, their line, and they, they, the Bimini Road. just stuff that's been, that's been going on on this planet for a long time. To think that we're the only civilization that's ever lived here is a little bit uh, naive. More than and a little bit, yeah. I, I was going to say ignorant, so, but you're a lot classier than I am. So we're and not it's special. Almost now, today, is, it's intentional ignorance. It's no longer mm-hmm. naive ignorance. It's intentional ignorance. And it needs to stop. People need to, to start acting like adults. Yeah, amen. And, uh, and the government needs to start treating people like adults. Amen. And uh, we don't need you to protect us and hide everything from us. If if you're even, or we, we really need you to quit being liars too. Well, <laughs> tell tell the truth and start serving people as representatives instead of having them serve you. Heck yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless they've got something massive and major to hide. And that seems well, so likely. <laughs> you know. If well, if you mean because they've done something wrong, well, that is possible. That and you were talking about the uh, reverse engineering of craft and whatnot. Uh, the I can't, I'm trying to think of the name of that documentary. Um, un- unacknowledged. On it was on Netflix for a while. I think it's at Dr. Stephen Greer is his name, and uh, so. So they found the craft and bodies and whatnot in Roswell. So if they reverse engineered it, how much did they learn? And we're not benefiting from any of the technology that we would think would come from that. Well, why, why are they hiding it? That's a great question. It's a great question. And why aren't we, if these aliens have come here before, they're still coming. You bet. Why don't we see, 
Is it the chaos? Why don't you that... just bring one, bring one to the hearing? Well, a bunch of people wouldn't believe and it now. Well, talk to the alien. Let, let you see if you don't believe that. Well, why, I think... why do why do we have? Anyway, I'm just. No, I'm... I'm sorry not to cut you off, but I think that they are slowly going to have disclosure come Soft out. Soft disclosure. But I don't know if I'm going to trust it just because I don't trust my government at all. You guys have lied to us so much at, at, to this point. For all <laughs> we know, that's going to be a freaking false flag. <laughs> You're yeah. just going to take away more of my rights. But and when you look back to when, uh, what was that, War of the Worlds, uh, who did that radio show? Orson Welles. Orson Welles and how people were like freaking out, panicking, blowing up water towers everywhere and stuff like that. I think they needed. They decided. Well, we got to slowly introduce this to society, and that's what. If you look at films and television, and even music and stuff and art, since then, you know, look at. Uh, you go from we went from the War of the Worlds to Independence Day with Will Smith, where people are standing on top of the building like, "Take me away," mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I think they want to get to that point where people are gonna be very accepting of these things once it finally perhaps happens. submissive. Yeah. Well, I think the whole the whole mystery of Bigfoot is wrapped up in the bigger mystery of the universe. I yeah, uh, I would agree and with that. What our what our place is in it really, not what our Earth centric mindset has has told us. Sure. And I think when we understand what's really out there, we'll understand the Bigfoot. We'll just go, oh yeah, that makes sense. It'll just <laughs> fall together. Yeah, but instead, and, you know, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just think that's the solution that we have to come to grips with who we really are in this universe. But that requires honesty. Well, is that and, what they? Uh, just, is that what they fear? Is the chaos that would ensue with religion? I don't think that. I don't think that would happen. I think that's in their ma- imagination. We're we're not worried about it. You don't see them freaking out when they they hardly even got a press when they said they were. The guy came forward and he was the. He was coming forward, and what do they call those people that come forward and report on the government? Oh, yeah, yeah. That. yeah he's a whistleblower. And they, there was some press, but no one panicked. No one was tearing water towers down. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people care anymore. I, th- I think that you can tell us the truth, and everyone will just relax. Or, or, or maybe there really is something to panic about. Or, I mean, and I think also at this time, the day and age that we live in, people are they're like, cool. Aliens exist. Can I have a dollar fifty gas, again, please? <laughs> How about you know what I mean? I think maybe, but that could also be another way where they're keeping us distracted, or have we de-evolved to where everybody's stupid and simple? Well, my, my fear is that they have. I've heard stories where they made deals with some of the aliens that they can go ahead and take bot- take people as long as they keep it limited and mm-hmm. then they'll share technology with us and they don't want to tell anybody that. And the national park? That's, well, that's, yeah. yeah think that's what heinous. I fear might be, might be the case. That could cause the panic. Yeah, that's such a, a <coughs> heinous oh. act. I mean, to allow... It doesn't matter if it's... I mean, for a foreign entity or foreign extraterrestrial entity that would be horrific but even just a another government entity oh yeah we'll let you kidnap people and do whatever you want with them as long as you give us stuff in return like that's just terrible and yeah that operation high jump oh with, with uh, the nazis and the animal bird and yeah. the aliens down in antarctica yeah there's doing a the treaty that the, there's a whole bunch of stuff with that that's a whole other can of worms that's just a concern that i have and that's why they're hiding it. no and that's a great so, concern yeah. But otherwise, I can't figure it out. Well, I just then, don't understand what the benefit Well, and then the, the technologies that would come with uh, the, the sort of energy uh, used to uh, move a craft from one side of the universe to the other, you know, how are they going to, when when propane costs go up to $4 <laughs> a gallon in the winter, how are they going to get 1500 bucks out of me to fill my tank? Right. You know? Well, that's the other thing is I think that it, free energy would fix a lot of things on this planet, but it would prevent a lot of other people from getting rich. You bet. Well, and, yeah. Rockefeller Empire wouldn't have been built. Yep. And I think yeah. that's another and technology if, that's been suppressed from us that I think the ancients freely knew about. I think there's there's some reason to believe that. So I, I, I just, something's not right. 
Yeah. So that's all. Well, yeah. <laughs> now we have guys like uh, the journalist and author Graham Hancock that are going around, uh, you know, doing Joe Rogan shows, and he's got the Ancient Apocalypse oh, yeah. on uh, on Netflix and whatnot. And he, there's he, a lot of guys doing that now. Sure, mm-hmm. and, and good, he's good got stuff. great stuff. Um, it's it's a great series. We're not affiliated, obviously, but um, you know the the Bimini Roads, um, the the massive rocks that are lined up perfectly with gaps underneath them even they're they're sitting on some sort of substrate uh yeah and then but but when you and gobliki tepe he talks about you you brought up tunnels earlier they found a site in turkey yeah. where they're they they think that there could have been like three thousand people living oh, underground yeah. in these a caves. whole city underground but instead of vents and everything instead of healthy and constructive dialogue and pulling up a chair, they kind of pull out the uh, proverbial club instead. They found now they found structures in India that just are not from the what we know of in terms of our the the human <coughs> experience we've had the last six thousand years. They're older than that. Yeah. Yep. And, and just you can't deny it anymore. There's just so much evidence. Yeah, and then we still have no idea how these things were even built, how these people did this stuff. Yeah, the the uh, and, that massive uh, piece of sandstone or whatever in Egypt, it's like 20,000 tons. Yeah, and they're could. like, we have absolutely no idea, based on the technology that we have believed that they had, There's, we have no idea how they did this. Well, even... Do you know... Go ahead. There's, do you know there's no mummies in the, in the pyramids? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? There, there's mummies in the tombs that they probably did build, but there's no mummies in the pyramids. Yeah, weird. But that was the big story for all these years, and these kings got the slaves to build these big monuments so they could put their bodies in there. Well, there's no mummies in it. Yeah, in, the, in there, or even like a sarcophagus structure. Well, right. And that grand, they're like, we don't even know in the in the king's chamber. They call it right. It's supposed to be the right. king's t- co- uh, coffin in that in the. The biggest pyramid, Khufu, the pyramid of yeah, the Khufu, great, the Great Pyramid. Yeah, and they're like, we don't even know how the hell they got this thing in here, <laughs> let alone move this slab. Like, yeah, yeah, they have no idea, and and yet we're you know we're supposed to look down on them. Our society looks down <laughs> on these ancients like they're a bunch of buffoons. Oh, that's just their that was their make belief. These creatures that they saw, all this stuff, just their imagination because they were smoking peyote, right? <laughs> well. Anyway, this—it's just getting harder and harder for them to hide that. What's, yeah, I agree. What's this hieroglyphic of an attack helicopter doing here? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that we're. Uh, who knows? Maybe our our children, grandchildren, will find out in the future, and we might be long gone. But yeah, there's there's plenty of unanswered questions about the ancient world that we'll we'll probably never know, or even our world today. I guarantee you, these Bigfoots exist. They're out there. They're, there's uh, some government agency that has files on all this stuff. You bet. If well, not, they have all if not they clones have all of their it. own or captured some. You they know, know what I mean? How to, I, think, I think they hunt. Why not? When, they, when, one, when one goes rogue, I think they send the special forces out to get them. Yeah. What if, it's, what if this is some type of xeno warfare at this point where we drop them off in other countries and they go create chaos and death <laughs> as a weapon? You know what I mean? Who knows? Who knows at this point? Never, if they're if they're biologically engineered to be weapons instead of like the ones that everybody reports seeing out in the woods, these things could be some yeah, killing be, machines. So. That'd be a good story to write there, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I find it interesting too because it seems it seems like these days, like um, not from a technology perspective. But but like an idea perspective, like uh, it's it's almost as if Orwell wrote 1984, right? And that was just an idea for some of these psychopaths that yeah. want power. Like, oh, this is an excellent blueprint. Well, let's go do this. Jules Verne is writing all this stuff, right? I think these crazy psychopaths, sociopaths at best, they just got ideas, you know? Well, science fiction is is... Um, often used to, I think, move society forward Absolutely. in ways. And it certainly has been in our society. So maybe that's a good... I think the 1984 was inspired by what happened in the Russian Revolution. And the I think the Nazi 
Um, I can't remember if it was before or after that. But, I, I also believe um, that he was uh, in Spain for the, I think it was Franco, the dictator, military dictator Franco yeah, took over. Right. And he, he yeah, witnessed... So that he witnessed like the the capitalists versus the communists, and then realized, geez, yeah. these guys have both reduced themselves to animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. The uh, the capitalists have helped the communists. Yeah. In lots of ways. Yes. Certainly, they're certainly in cahoots today. Oh, you bet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, when I say capitalism, I see major corporate capitalism. I'm not talking as much entrepreneurial. Right. right. You're not talking capitalism. free markets. You're talking, it's really like fascism, right? A, a, a corporate yeah, it's government merger. Fascism, but it's not the fascism that the left's always pointing at. It's the fact, I mean, they need to be pointing the finger at themselves. <laughs> right, yeah, right. When they, say, when, they, when they say fascist. Uh, and, and it's just not, they're just combined now. They've combined, they've teamed up. So it's kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. is. It's wild. All right. Well, I think I think we're gonna wrap this one up. Uh, can are. I just tell you about what I'm what I'm gonna do? We're gonna go out on this trip in later October. Yeah, absolutely. And we're gonna be out there in the wilderness. We're going to the place called that they refer to as Monkey Island. It's not the name, but it's a place where they like to go and investigate. So I'll give you I'll give you some details on that when I know more. Okay. Yeah, we're having some rain issues here, Tim. Unfortunately, the metal roof doesn't react okay. very well with audio equipment, so we had to mute ourselves there. But uh, it, it, it wasn't supposed to rain today. Can you tell? Oh, okay. Can you tell our listeners where they can find your your work, uh, Tomato Fields, where yeah. they can buy your book and and perhaps other things that you're yeah. doing? Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's just called Tomato Fields. If you type that in, it'll come right up. And uh, it's it's available in paperback and, and electronic version. And I'm working on producing a student. The, some of the students at the school in the sound design are going to produce an audio book with for me. So uh, that's a nice that's resource down the road a bit. Down the road a bit. <laughs> It'd be good for the school too. Sure. So, uh, so not right now. There's no audio book, and um, I'm working on a sequel, and I'll have. Uh, hopefully, I'll get started on that pretty seriously uh, in November, December. And you can get, you can find me. Uh, I'll send you all the contact information. But uh, my email is crypticmysteries23 at gmail. Wonderful. Uh, so, listeners, there you go. You got uh, Tim Moon's information. Go buy his book, Tomato Fields. I also, I also have on Instagram. And it's just tomato underscore fields. And that'll come right up for you. So I do a lot on Instagram. All right. We'll put all those links in the description, too. We'll give you okay. a follow Very as good. well if, if TP hasn't already done that. Okay. That, that's actually Great. how uh, Tim and I hooked up is I, I believe I followed you. And then uh, you reached out and you're like, hey, you like books? It wasn't like that. But <laughs> <laughs> no, we got together through Instagram. Oh, and uh, it was awesome. I'm really glad. Really glad you reached out to me, man. Well, I hope this was good. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah Tim, definitely. we can't thank, thank you, you enough. This was one of the best shows that we've done, I think. So. Yeah, this is this is awesome. Oh, you helped us out tremendously. Well, that's great. Yeah. And well, you helped me out, too. I appreciate it. And you guys have a great evening, okay? Hey, thanks, Tim. You, too. Be safe. Definitely update us on your uh, your Bigfoot hunting expedition. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's uh, That's it. really exciting, man. That's awesome. I can't wait to see where this goes. I will let you know, okay? All right. Thanks Thank a lot, you. Tim. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Goodbye. That was awesome. That was awesome. Once again, apologize for the audio trouble. It's raining straight on a metal roof, and uh, that's what we're dealing it, with. It was but just a pop-up shower. It's gone it now. Yeah. But I'll do my best to get the uh, audio cleaned up. So, yeah, that's awesome. Tim Woods, Tomato, or I'm Tim, sorry, Tim, Tim Moon, Moon, Tomato Fields. Uh Amazon, you can go find it. I'll put all that stuff, the links in the description. I'll put that the link to that map for all of our Iowa listeners. If you want to go look and read those reports on Bigfoot in Iowa, well, it's they, pretty cool. Yeah, on Iowa or whatever state you're listening yeah, from. Yeah, you got to go look. Yeah, that, that, that website has all your every state. And then I believe that the, um, the main page on that website on the left has like the, the primary states sort of listed like the most you, yeah yeah that have more than a handful okay. as opposed to like iowa yeah Iowa. Don't. you don't really hear about bigfoot sightings in iowa and 
No, but, uh, but it's, it's still cool. We still have them. They happen. So, all right, folks, if you would be so kind to go give Tim a follow and then also to give us a follow, a like, a share, a subscribe to, for Tim Moon as well. Yeah. And a like, follow, subscribe and share for us. Follow us on Instagram at Iowa Talk Guys underscore podcast at Iowa Talk Guys on X marks the spot formerly known as twitter the everything app yeah elon's gonna be making that a new pay that's gonna be the chinese pay bank thing that they have in there we'll see what happens but something's going on we're on the precipice of something big folks we'll see what happens so all right hey if you guys like this you know what to do like we said follow like subscribe share and always always remember remember Don't eat the yellow cake. Don't eat the yellow snow. And don't forget your camera when you see Bigfoot. Because we're living in fucking 2023. Well, they have their phones. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, yeah. Why haven't we seen uh, more footage? It's a great point, E-Rock. Great point. I was meaning to ask. That's solid. That's a solid. 1967, that one. Yeah, in Willow Creek, Mm -hmm. uh, California. The most famous Yeti. Or uh, Yeti. Bigfoot footage ever. Now everybody has a fucking cell phone and they're right. always fucking on it. So maybe they sense the radiation. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Who knows? Mm, but maybe they can hear it or feel it. Well, don't forget your camera. Yep. Iowa talk, guys. Out. Hi. Good night, everybody.